This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Hello and welcome to The Letter from the Bureau, a special series which is part of The Straits Times Asia Insider podcast channel. I'm your host, ST's foreign editor, Bhagya Gareka. The Letter from the Bureau is a scenic detour from the raging news of the day. We talk about life as it goes on amid all the crises that break around us. I chat each month with one of ST's 30-odd correspondents in 15 cities across the Asia-Pacific, the United States, and Europe, and they share with you interesting trends and events unfolding in their countries. In our 14th episode, we are speaking with the Straits Times South Korea correspondent, Chang Mei-Chun. Good to have you on the show, Mei-Chun. Hi, Bagya. Annyeonghaseyo. Thanks for having me on the show. Annyeonghaseyo. So a recent column that you wrote really caught my eye. And, you know, visitors who go to South Korea would readily identify with it. They would have had come across or have sampled, you know, the Korean national alcohol, the homemade alcohol called soju. Now, it's traditionally made from rice, but also wheat and barley and I think even potatoes and sweet potatoes. What I did not realize until I read your column, Mechun, was that Soju also makes star appearances in K-dramas. So you wrote about an American university that analyzed six randomly picked Korean dramas and found that alcohol appears in about every 12 minutes of programming. That's, that's just amazing. It made me stop and think. So tell us, Mechun, to begin with, why is soju such a common ingredient in K-dramas? Okay, it's not just a common ingredient in Korean dramas. It's basically a very, very common ingredient in Korean life. The green, signature green bottles of soju can be seen anywhere, everywhere in Korea if you visit Korea. It's something that the Koreans drink for comfort. It's something that they drink a lot when they have gatherings, uh, whether with colleagues or friends or, you know, with classmates and all that. And also because soju is a very cheap drink. It's a cheap drink with high alcohol content. So for Koreans who are stressed, it's one way to get drunk very, very easily if you drink a soju. And, you know, the ability to drink is also considered a value asset in, in Korea. So the more you are able to drink, the more, you know, people will kind of look up to you. And when you meet new people, they'll ask you like, oh, how many bottles can you drink? And the more you say, you know, that people are like, oh, wow, yeah. But the less you can drink, people think like, oh, you're not such a sociable person. And in Korea, the thing is, there is very, very strict hierarchy, right? There are people like, you know, you know, you know where you stand and you know how you need to behave in a social setting. Uh, like, you know, when you meet people who are older than you, you need to be respectful towards them. You need to speak to them in a formal manner and vice versa. If you know that someone you're meeting is more junior than you, you can speak more casually. So with this very deeply entrenched um, social hierarchy in place, Koreans find that, you know, you always have to be aware of how to behave and how they actually break down the barriers it's by going for a drink. You know, when you drink, people start to feel relaxed and then you open up, yeah. So Koreans associate drinking with socialising um, very, very much. And there's also this saying that you can't really be friends with anyone unless you drink first with that person. Or you can't even trust that person if you've never gone drinking with this person 
and never gotten drunk together with this person. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I suppose, I mean, drinking is a social thing in most cultures anyway, but it's still amazing that it would be such a part of, you know, Korean dramas. Now you've written in your column that dramas that are thematically related to drinking are very popular. I think you've named some of them. I'm curious to find out what do fans find so attractive about them? It can't be the drinking, right? Mm. I mean, drinking is already a big part of Korean people's life, but the authorities don't want it to be portrayed so much in the dramas. So there are strict rules about selling alcohol, advertising of alcohol on, on TV and mass media. So you don't really get to see alcohol so much in mass media. Yeah, um, It's supposed to, you are only allowed to have uh, advertisements only after maybe 10pm or so. Uh, so when people start to see that it's appearing in more Korean dramas and variety shows, they start to feel like, oh, it's quite interesting that, you know, they are doing it. And it wasn't so much seen before because every time they try to do it, authorities would come clamp down on them and say like, oh, no, you're not supposed to do this. But with the recent trend is that there are a lot more online streaming platforms. So with these uh, streaming platforms, the rules are not so clear and not so strict. So I think the producers, the scriptwriters are basically trying to push the boundaries. So they're trying to put a bit more soju into their content. And they find that it's very well received. You know, young people watch it and they find that, oh, this is very real. Like, you know, you, you see it in real life, but, but you know, there are certain rules so you couldn't see it uh, on, on TV. So, so they like that. And um, for variety shows, right, the artists or, or the celebrities that go on the show, usually they might be a bit like cautious what they say. But after one drink, they start to loosen up. You know, they might share stories, you know, from their childhood that they you know, normally won't. And then they might be asked, oh, when was the last time you got really drunk? And they review this, this little, you know, nuggets about themselves, like, you know, when they were drunk silly and did silly things, like, you know, end up in the trash bin. It's not becoming of celebrities. But when they do that, people find like, oh, you know, you, 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 you get closer to the, to the celebrities. So, so that's why, you know, it's become quite a thing to do. But at the same time, the authorities are concerned. They're worried that, you know, if this goes on, more people might start drinking and we have a host of problems related to drinking. I've only talked about the positive part, that there are all these alcohol-related crimes that are happening in Korea that is, you know, causing a lot of concern. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Let's get back to my conversation with the Straits Times South Korea correspondent, Chang Mei-chun. So some part of it, as you say, actually appears to be socially acceptable and even enduring, like you say, in, in some measure. Okay. But you also cited a survey by the Korean Health Promotion Institute. And this particular survey shows that half the people who watch such shows, like the ones that you described, actually feel this urge to drink after they watch a character, you know, drinking on their TV uh, on the screen. So I think the warning coming from that end is that if the Korean dramas are doing this, they are romanticizing drinking, which is, well, obviously has health-related connotations apart from the social problems that you've mentioned. But what are the trends? Is alcohol consumption on the rise in South Korea and especially among the young people? Is that culture, that drink and work kind of culture becoming more entrenched even? 
Mm, actually, on the reverse, studies have shown that and figures have shown that Koreans are not drinking as much as before when, like, you know, when the country was poorer and more people doing, you know, blue-collar work. Uh, nowadays, you can see young people actually want to avoid company gatherings called Huishik, where they have to drink uh, no matter what with your, you know, bosses and colleagues. Uh, young people actually prefer to meet over coffee. And they consider all these uh, company dinners as forced overtime. Yeah, so I can see that attitudes are starting to shift, and also the the social problems I talked about. Right before, I think if you committed a crime while you were drunk, your lawyer can use influence of alcohol as a defense, as a mitigating kind of defense against the crime. Yes, the lawyer can say that oh, you were not your own self. You know, usually if you were not drunk, you were you would be a very very good person. But you know, because you were drunk, you did something that was beyond your usual self. And judges used to take that into consideration when they, when they sentence the culprit. Uh, so this has always been socially accepted, and because Koreans drink so much, people kind of want that you know leeway that you know if you get into trouble if you are drunk, then you can use that as kind of an excuse. But in recent years, I think the intolerance for that kind of behavior has grown. Yeah, especially when people see that. You know, with internet, you know, you know what's happening outside of your country, right? And I honestly couldn't find anywhere else that condones this, like you know, allows drunkenness to be a defense. You know, and I think there were several very major cases. I wrote about it in the column. There was this case whereby a guy, when he was drunk, he raped and assaulted a young girl. So in the beginning, when this case uh, went to court, of course there was a lot of public attention, and people were angry. Like you know, how can how can he be such a monster? But he got life sentence for his crime. But later on, when he appealed against it, the second court reduced his sentence, and he's since been released. So upon his release, there was this huge public uproar. Like you know. You had given him a life sentence, which means that his what he did was severe enough. But yet now you accept that oh, it's you know he was under the influence of alcohol. Was that the reason though? I mean, was that clearly identified as the reason why they changed and you know the sentence and they released him? That's the public sentiment. And when he went to court the second time for you know to appeal, he he appeared very uh, remorseful and he said that. I'm not a monster usually, you know, alcohol destroyed me. And that I think, I don't know whether he was putting up an act, but when you say that alcohol destroys you and makes you do crazy things, I think that is something that resonates with a lot of Korean people, unfortunately. And they know that, you know, with under the influence alcohol, you 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 can do, like, look at all the, sometimes it gets me angry talking about this because, I keep wondering, coming from Singapore, where we have zero tolerance for whether it's drink driving or any crime committed under the influence of alcohol, I feel that it's unacceptable. Like, you know, how can you allow someone to get away with saying that, you know, at the way shake, oh, you know, oh, I was drunk and high. So that's why I accidentally, you know, a guy saying that I accidentally touched, you know, my colleague's breast. You know, that as a defense, but it's so, so common. Even like, you know, high-ranking government officials use the same excuse. And it seems like maybe half the people would, oh, you know, I understand. The other half would be angry. But in the end, 
people would forgive because, oh yeah, you know, and the law is such that it allows uh, lawyers to use this as a defense. So I think more recently, as I said, attitudes are changing. People are realizing that this should not be the case. And um, there is a lot more public awareness about this issue. And as more cases come up, I, I did a very quick search the other day when I was writing the article. There are really, really a lot of um, crime, even like drink driving, to murders. There are people who drink and then get angry. They go, you know, buy a knife and go kill people on, on the streets. And uh, there's also this one, like, you know, a woman got drunk and she felt like children were too noisy, so she went to attack the children. Cases like that. So I think there's public anger against that kind of behaviour. So that's why um, attitudes are starting to change. But whether it can change or not in the future, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I suppose the new Korean president might still make a difference. So he's been in office now for less than three months, for in May, if I remember right. So he has a background as a prosecutor himself, right? And he has plans to do something about Soju, a national drink. And so what are those plans, Mechun, if you can share? There are no details yet, not just against Soju, but basically he has, he has pledged zero tolerance for um, alcohol-related crime. Yeah. So we're waiting to see what the, the details could be, but we're hoping that for him, someone coming from a legal background, and not just legal background, but being a prosecutor, someone who, you know, prosecutors, when they go to, go to court with cases like that, they would demand the maximum sentence for the case. But usually it will, it will get cut back, you know, that you plead leniency and all that. Um, so for someone like him, I, I hope and I expect that he will push all the way. And he has built himself as an icon of justice, someone who will bring fairness back to South Korean society uh, in his uh, five-year term. So I hope that things will change for the better. And if he does push it through, you know, maybe there would be less public resistance against it because people knowing that he came from such a background will more likely accept that he is going to, to try to make society better, yeah, a more just and fair society. So a new president who has this on his agenda, changing societal attitudes, and I guess health warnings as well. I suppose these things will combine and we will see a change in this, what can be described, I suppose, fairly as an ugly, excessive drinking culture. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Mechun, for sharing your observations. And that's a wrap for Letter from the Bureau. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to read Mechun's column, we have a link in our podcast description box. And you will also find there a link to other stories in our Letter from the Bureau series. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. 